housing edition of Under the Floorboards, where we laugh at the creatures that go bump in the night. I am your host, John, joined by my beautiful co-host, Eric. Eric, how are you doing this week? Fabulous. Keeping it clean every week, and I think we're actually on our way to getting those clean floors here pretty soon. That is no joke. (laughs) We'll be posting pictures as soon as we get back. Fabuloso has slid into our DMs. (laughs) (laughs) We're getting there. (laughs) And also equivocally as important... We have a very, very special guest with us today, Mr. Randy fucking Spence. What? How up, are up, you up, today? I'm doing great, man. It's my birthday. I know. Happy, so, happy fucking birthday. birthday. So. And thank you for spending it with us. You're turning 30 again. Always. <laughs> <laughs> so, Randy, we've known each other for quite some time now. And it's been really cool to watch uh, some of the progressions of a lot of the work that you've done. So, like, do you want to give us a little bit of your background and kind of like what kind of brings you into media and cinema to begin with? Uh, yeah. Um, I am a working actor. I'm based in Atlanta, Georgia now. Um, originally from North Carolina. And um, this this film is actually something that is very close to my heart as it's uh, a very weird piece of nostalgia from my childhood. And it was one of the first films that I recognize as a kid that was actually set and shot in North Carolina. Uh, Which is super cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, the the studio actually, De, De Laurentiis Film Group, uh, built the original studio in Wilmington. And if you look into all the films that they've actually produced, and like in the horror genre especially, it's a pretty extensive list. And the for an Italian producer to come over and build the studio and then you know, going to be nominated for Academy Awards. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a pretty big deal in terms of really solidifying the North Carolina film industry. And then... And still but, flopping it on the table at the same yeah. time. Oh, you know? yeah. A couple of Razzie nominations too, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. So. <laughs> but um, that it literally has given me uh, the opportunity to do what I do now. And I continue to make films and television. So yeah. said. Um, and we'll get into actually some of those more specific plugs a little bit later, which I'm really excited for people to hopefully hear this and watch them later. Um, so we watched Maximum Overdrive this week, which was a Stephen King piece. <laughs> <laughs> Master felt like a strong word for uh-huh. this one. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so does film. <laughs> <laughs> it's a cinema with fair. a hard yeah. C. Yeah. <laughs> But this movie was a lot of fun. You know, obviously, as Stephen King does a lot of these projects, it's usually written, directed, produced, you know, and Mm -hmm. it was his short story to begin with. Mm -hmm. Uh, Like you were saying earlier with being based in Wilmington, North Carolina, I was just really excited to see a story that Stephen King had written that wasn't in Maine. Right? Yeah. (laughs) I thought it was Wilmington, Delaware. (laughs) (laughs) You know, it's still a little cold here. Yeah. (laughs) But moving on, Eric, what is our itinerary for this movie? Yeah, so this is released in 1986, clocking in at one hour and 37 minutes. Top billing cast, as it was given to me at the beginning, which, you know, I'm a fan of. Emilio Estevez is playing Bill. Pat Hingle as Hendershot. Laura Harrington as Brett. Yeardley Smith as Connie. John Short as Curtis. Ellen McElduff as Wanda. J.C. Quinn as Duncan Keller. Uh, Christopher Murney as somebody. I didn't write that part down. And Holter Graham as Deke. And Deke was the son, correct? Yes. And I would be remiss if I didn't throw in there. Also, um, left off that list is Steve, 
who was played by Barry Bell, who was my first on-camera acting professor at Ooh. university. And it all comes together. <laughs> <laughs> so... Uh, we get into this movie, and there's this really cool, like, very classic 80s space shot. Like, it looked like you almost... Space. <laughs> <laughs> it was like they drew the stars in and put a picture of the Earth over top of the right, blacktop. Yeah. Uh, and then we... One of the things that I really did love about this movie is it does that classic uh, explanation of, like, the Star Wars. Like, this is where we are at in the story. There wasn't a lot of context to it, uh -huh. but it was... Uh, that Rhea M. Comet, whatever number, I think it was 19, COVID Comet, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> will be flying by Earth and it'll put this aura around it, which was like Ivan Ooze green kind right, of shit yeah. around it, yeah. for eight days, five hours, 29 minutes, <laughs> and 23 seconds before the tail end of it leaves. And I think we only got that information from the Russians. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> And it's amazing how detailed that was because that has no bearing on it whatsoever. <laughs> it's like telling you what the waiting game is going sure. to be. Because mm -hmm. <laughs> realistically, the span of this movie takes place in a day. Yeah, which is why it was so funny to me that it counted it down to the second. I thought we were going to be like watching our clocks and everything, <laughs> but no. So now we actually kind of get... Uh, we we bring it back down to Earth a little bit and then we start to see... <laughs> <Hey -o. laughs> I'll be full of them today. Count I'm... that. <laughs> <laughs> so we bring it back on down to Earth, and we see our, like, Stan Lee-esque style cameo, where we have Mr. Uh, Stephen King, the master of horror himself, mm. walking up to you. see, like, these weird, like, instances already, right, of just, because uh, he's at, like, some bank, right? Yeah, I think it's a... Uh... Wilmington Federal Bank. First Bank of Wilmington. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, it's just like, you know, it's it's your ubiquitous uh, summer day in, in Wilmington, North Carolina. The bank saying, go fuck yourself. <laughs> right. As, as most banks do. In my notes, I have it down as technology is being a little cheeky. Because <laughs> <laughs> you were mentioning the cameo, right? And so Stephen King gets up to the ATM machine and it's just like, hey, asshole. Kind of flips his, like, he had those 80s glasses oh on God. that had the sunglass lenses on the, you know. <laughs> so he flips those up through his normal glasses. Hey, this machine just called me an asshole. He keeps clicking and clicking. Asshole, 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 asshole. So. <laughs> Yeah, that's our first instance of, like, the machines trying to talk to us. And this is kind of where we get the idea of what this comet's actually doing. Mm -hmm. I guess it's it's a little convoluted after the mm -hmm. end, because I assumed it was just the comet doing this at first. But, sure. like, now we kind of see that, like, the machines are kind of starting to think for themselves, right? Uh-oh. Oh! And everyone's like, why doesn't John have an Alexa and a Roomba in his house? It's because of shit like this. <laughs> <laughs> I don't need my Roomba to tell Biden what I'm doing today. <laughs> you apologize to your fridge for closing the door too hard at night. Yeah. I think there was literally an episode of Modern Family about that. Yeah. <laughs> so now we get to, uh, you know, obviously we're in Wilmington. We're in a pseudo port city. Mm -hmm. uh, port feels like a strong word. but yeah, we, <laughs> It flirts with the intercoastal waterway. So there's these islands that kind of aren't really islands that are part of Eastlands. Oh, sorry. Eastland, Fjord, <laughs> all over again. <laughs> and there's these bridges that interconnect everything, right? They're, you know, raised and lower because, it, yeah. like you said, Port City, pseudo-Port yeah. City. So <laughs> you got to make sure the liners can get through. Maritime travel. 
for oil. <laughs> uh, so now we kind of start to see uh, these two guys are what I, I thought they were playing Pinochle. Because I have no fucking other concept of what the fuck they were playing. Because he was like, what was it? Like, king me? Check me? I don't know what the fuck he was even trying to say yeah. to the other guy. And then we started to see the buttons start to like, I would lo- I would love to see inside of the box for the button grid that was for this. Because it had to be some dude with just a string tied to the bottom of the button and just like slowly right. pulling it out. <laughs> we're like, oh, fuck, buttons press themselves now. <laughs> And I think, Randy, we actually kind of walk right into your one of your favorite scenes for this, right? Yeah. <clears throat> um, so, first off, like, there could not be two more inept people running a drawbridge. Um, <laughs> All pinochle players. But um, <laughs> part of the weird nostalgia is, like, this actual drawbridge, uh, I, this movie actually came out before I ever made my first trip to Wilmington to go to the beach. And mm-hmm. um, so the first time you hit that bridge, well, the, I mean, like, <laughs> like once, oh, once, fuck. once you get to Wilmington, I'm, just, I'm starting to realize, like, oh, this is where Maximum Overdrive was shot, man. Mm-hmm. And then we get to that bridge, I'm like, oh, that's the bridge. Oh, that's the oh, bridge. God. Oh, fuck. <laughs> Everyone's high fiving until they realize. <laughs> but yeah, immediately, just out of the gate, we just start jumping right into a body count. Like it's, you know, mm-hmm. utter chaos on this bridge. People yeah. are just like, th- there's this point where one of one of the ladies is like, oh, you got to stop. You got to stop. The, b- the bridge is going up. And the guy's just like, there's no way the light was green. I was like, how many times have you seen someone <laughs> run a red light? Like, <laughs> so then we get to what I discovered to be one of Stephen King's favorite things. And I didn't realize, this is my first time watching this movie. So I had never realized that he loves to eject people through front windshields. Mm-hmm. He really does. Because like the first four deaths are just like, ah. Yeah. <laughs> A car sliding down a bridge, imagine, at four to five miles an hour and backing into something and somebody catapulting through the windshield. Half of their torso is hanging out. And then he just slams into the fucking ACDC van. Yeah. Because fun fact, we didn't mention that in the itinerary, but ACDC was exclusively responsible for the soundtrack. Except for Flight of the Valkyries. Oh, true. That was the only song true. that they did not do. And I was like watching, I was like, Randy, you fucking lied to me. <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to, I was waiting for Angus Young to mm-hmm. start doing Flight of the Valkyries. And so we'll go ahead and chalk that up as part of the kill count. Literally ACDC and their manager die in the first three minutes of this movie, which is sick. <laughs> our, kill, our kill count is currently eight. <laughs> right. <clears throat> I don't know how many people are in ACDC. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think it's five. I don't know. It's six with the manager. They're they're fucking dead. <laughs> Somehow they made the rest of the soundtrack for this movie. While I was going to say back when ACDC was on their way to Wilmington to play shows, <laughs> you know, at the peak of their career. <laughs> and, uh, one in particular that really made me laugh before we get off this bridge scene was one of the guys, one of the few, or one of the many, I guess ejectees of the situation projectiles (laughs) projectile dude mans yeah uh definitely like he almost like don't he does like this flip out of one of the cars out through the windshield and he cracks his head across the the uh barrier for the outside of the bridge and just like oh Mm -hmm. down to the bottom and like i couldn't stop laughing because it was maybe like i don't know Mm -hmm. uh, uh, 
I don't know, distances, man. But the drop, the, <laughs> the drop would not have fucking killed you. Right. The concussion you yeah. got beforehand probably would. Sure. But just like his stigma with it was so funny. What I about think. motorcycle guy who literally like crossed his arms and everything <laughs> and as he was sliding down, like he was water sliding it into the water? That guy survived because he knew what the fuck was up. Yeah, he'd been on a motorcycle. Yeah. Uh, also, the the truck that's essentially teetering on the top of the the, oh, yeah. the the break in the bridge, the guy's flooring it to try to get off the bridge, and we cut to the speedometer hit, passing eighty. Anyone who drives a motor vehicle understands that your rear wheels have nothing to do with your speedometer. <laughs> <Right. laughs> Unless you drive an old Dodge, because <laughs> that shit will kill you in the snow. <laughs> They're like, look, mom, I bought a truck. Did you though? Did you? So now we kind of get off the bridge. I have, uh, oh, the truck commits suicide. That's what it was. Okay. The, tr the truck finally kills itself. Okay. I, yeah. I had like a page and a half of notes just on the, <laughs> just on this scene. <laughs> and the guys that were operating the bridge, don't you see we got a situation here? He grabs the guy by the collar, shakes him and throws him. And it's like, okay. Seems like a proportionate response because <laughs> yeah. you weren't doing shit either, man. You know, you don't even <laughs> so, know what the fuck is happening. You have no idea what is fucking happening. Maybe press the stop button. <laughs> right. It'd be, you know what? I wish they had because that would have been an incredible scene if he had gone to press it and it just presses itself. <laughs> it's like fucking with him. <laughs> Too slow. Before we move on to the rest of this movie, I, I really do think it is important to notate that. Uh, one of the trivial thing or trivia aspects that I learned about this movie was uh, Stephen King admitted to doing so much cocaine yeah. during this mm -hmm. to the point where he was like, there were days where I showed up to set and I didn't even know what was going on. And I got to tell you, that really came through. <laughs> in this movie. Uh, so when it seems like we're giving you this cokehead fever dream explaining this movie, that's what it was. <laughs> So now uh, we actually kind of cut to the diner, right? Yeah. And um, <clears throat> I agree with you. I don't know if there's a movie that is that is more quintessential 80s in terms of, um, you know, you want uh, horror, you want heavy metal, you want to blow shit up, you want bazookas, you want cocaine, you want a stash of guns, mm -hmm. you know. Emilio Estevez. <laughs> Dude, they had as many guns in this movie as fucking Red State. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, we're at the truck stop. And we see the man himself, the Green Goblin, <laughs> on the front of this truck by Happy Toy Brand, right? So that's what makes it, uh, you know, appropriate for there to be a Green Goblin on front of the grill and blocking all airflow to this It's a toy truck. It's a Tonka. It is. It 100% was. But it was one of the nice custom ones because you had the Green Goblin on mm -hmm. the front. I'm pretty sure I met kids that had that that were not from Maximum Overdrive. <laughs> <laughs> Hot Wheels had a weird time to be alive. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so yeah, now we kind of, we like, we meet Emilio Estevez and he is like this short order cook at this like gas station diner. And I got to tell you, this is where it starts to be like, we start to meet the shitty characters, right? Right. <laughs> the next victims <laughs> fair well yeah at this point in the movie we're still in pursuit for our final girl right we have mm -hmm. a handful of them in this movie but they're we were really like seeing who was going to be on the chopping block mm -hmm. for this one and then we kind of cut to uh a very young what is his name um young carlo uh, esposito carlo esposito yeah. 
uh, who some of you may know as Gus from Breaking Bad. Uh-huh. Some of you may be watching The Boys right now mm-hmm. and are watching him be the top dog at Vought. Uh, amazing actor. And I know you haven't seen Mandalorian, but that's actually the more relevant. <laughs> also pressing. <laughs> the, the fans are, all five of our fans are freaking out right now. <laughs> How did he not watch The Mandalorian? I feel like that needed to be said on the microphone just one time. So. <laughs> uh, but we see this very young Carlo, which mm-hmm. is really cool. Uh, I don't even think he has a name particularly in this movie because it's no. dead arcade kid. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is where we run into our, our next victim, right? Or mm-hmm. our next part of the kill count. Because simultaneously, he's hanging out in what today would be like a fish games room. And then we have the server Wanda who's in the front like mm-hmm. talking to uh, Milo Estevez you know having her small talk with all of the regulars mm-hmm. I guess whatever regulars you have they know each other by name <laughs> a band of misogynists <laughs> <laughs> yeah I was I was waiting to hear that hard R somewhere in the background right. <laughs> right. I, I, was, I didn't know if Stephen King was going to pull a Tarantino on us no. <laughs> so at this point, Emilio Estevez is like, this is all fucked up. So he's going to go, like, talk to... Uh, Hendershot. Hendershot, which that is just... I don't even That's know also that. not a name, so yeah. it's okay. <laughs> it is in Wilmington. Right. Uh, so uh, he goes to speak to him, and he starts talking about how... Um, I think the quote was, uh, Sir, you want me to work for nine hours and only clock in for eight. And the guy's just like, you see that star next to your name? That means you're a felon. You're on parole. Yeah. You get owned by all I have mm-hmm. to do is call the state boys. And I'm mm-hmm. just like, and Emilio Estevez is even like, that's one hell of a racketeer you got going on mm-hmm. here. I'm like, fucking is it? Like, yeah. what are you racketeering? Right. Like, <laughs> yeah, this one hour makes all the difference. Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> when you're making $7.30 an hour. I was in the 80s. They were actually making like $6 an hour. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, which actually r- reminds me of um, when we're actually looking at one of the guys pumping gas into the truck that pulls in, mm-hmm. you know, the, 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 the goblin truck. The goblin. Mm-hmm. As the pumps roll it over, I have such a wave of nostalgia wash over me for when gas prices were not $10 a gallon. Oh, Lord. Diesel <laughs> was a dollar and eight cents per yeah. gallon. Yeah. <laughs> Literally, there's like 15 gallons in this truck and it's clocking in at nine nine, nine fucking dollars dude oh my god i was we've talked about this on so many of these movies like x movie if you want to know about that subscribe to our patreon but like the most like horrific part about all of these movies that we watch is just seeing how much we pay for gas now right because <laughs> every time it's a reminder in x it was like 69 cents or something sexy like that it was cheaper to rent this movie for 24 hours than it is to put a gallon of regular unleaded gas in your car <laughs> that's 100 percent true yeah that's 100% true. That's with tax. Mm, true. <laughs> that's, that's the fuck shit yeah. of it all. <laughs> so Hendershot is essentially funding his, uh, subsidizing his gas prices with uh, stealing an hour from Emilio Westerlitz. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which you would think wouldn't break his bank if he's a good racketeur, mm-hmm. but I guess not. It's I don't know what racketeering looks like in Wilmington, so <laughs> I don't know what the business <laughs> looks like for that. But, you know, he kind of fucks off, or Emilio Estevez kind of finally fucks off, and he's like, fine, I accept this. And he, mm-hmm. like, leaves, and he goes goes back into the kitchen, and while he's been away, now uh, Wanda, the server, has been slaving away, trying to serve people and fucking cook at the same time. It's like, wow, that was such a douchebag move. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he gets back, and we start to 
uh, the camera starts to focus on the electric carver mm-hmm. for like turkeys and shit. And everybody kind of gets the same inkling. They're like, oh, here it is. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's finally here. And of course, she doesn't die. The thing does turn itself on. She gets a little slash. And mm-hmm. really, all they do is put a fucking towel around it. Like, those things are serrated. Like, she didn't right. get a cut. She got <laughs> lacerated. Right. And then it, like, hits the ground and starts, like, scooting towards her foot. <laughs> it's kind of tapping on her shoe. You know? That's why we wear uh, steel toes. Very true. And I think as, as the... Once Emilio Estevez comes in to save the day, because clearly he's the hero. Um, <laughs> My uh, hero! Busts out a hammer to kill this thing. I think <laughs> so, somewhere from the chorus of misogynist is like one of the like action movie taglines. Like, nailed it. <laughs> <laughs> and while this is going on, Keller is outside pumping gas into the truck and everything, and the Ooh. gas pump isn't working, and so he decides to suck on it. He gives a little, you know. <laughs> Can you do that again? <laughs> and it decides to finish itself all over his face, specifically in his eyes. And, it, and the gas was almost like oil, right? It was right. like latched onto him in mm-hmm. black. It was mm-hmm. just like mud coming out mm-hmm. of it. And I was like, I'm pretty sure I put on here, yeah, don't put your mouth on a gas pump. Yeah. <laughs> I thought it was that simple, but. <laughs> it's a moral tale. We really could have ended this movie right there. <laughs> mm-hmm. Maybe should have. Da, 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 da. 100%. <laughs> simultaneously why this happened we finally get like what i'm gonna call kill number one yeah because this is where that I, breath of kill number one young carlo esposito is playing star castle yeah which was funny to me yeah um and it decides to electrocute him and that just is that's it that's the whole thing he just <laughs> well it was like a hand, it was like throwing lightning at yeah. him like it was like mm-hmm. i am the star castle mm-hmm. like, and then on top of that uh, Ray was talking about it earlier where uh, we were talking about how the, the cigarette machine just starts going Oh, yeah, off. yeah, yeah. <laughs> but those back then, as he was pointing out, were mechanical. True. So, like, we start to kind of get mm-hmm. what our frustration was with everything the whole time. Oh, I have so much beef with the technicality. <laughs> <laughs> Half the of my notes are me just, like, yeah, go ahead. <laughs> it's me just yelling at paper. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Everything's all caps. The fuzziness of what is sentient, what isn't. <laughs> like, what is the baseline? What are the rules here? We don't really know what universe we're in anymore. True. Uh, it's somewhere that is close to Maine. <laughs> <laughs> On the cosmological scale, it, maybe. It's yes. technically... This also does coincide with Dark Tower. Not in reference, but just in the fact that it is all in the same multiverse yes. that Stephen King has, for some reason, chose to make. <laughs> Cocaine. Big hard cut. Baseball game. <laughs> this was my favorite scene. Right. In the entire movie. This was my favorite fucking the scene. The red team won on the final out. Oh, the Sandlot team. Yes. <laughs> and one one little like acting moment that I, I latched on to that still just just really sticks with me is the moment that the team wins. As everyone's like running toward the field, if you watch the coach's reaction, it's just the weirdest choice that <laughs> he exasperatedly just kind of like drops his uh, pad and his tablet of you know coaching notes <laughs> on the bench. It's just pictures you know, of baseball plays. Almost, <laughs> almost defeated, like 
fuck, they yeah. won. <laughs> <laughs> now I got to buy him soda. <laughs> now we got to travel to Maine. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking Little League. <laughs> and as he's he's pumping quarters into this soda machine, and again... Well, I assume it's an RC cola machine. Uh, yeah. It's Wilmington. <laughs> Also oh mechanical. no, it's a Pepsi machine. Oh my god, yeah. it was there the whole time. And it it like everything else in the movie, it just isn't responding to the demands of humanity. We've had enough. I'll decide when. <laughs> you know. Take this soda. <laughs> Shot number one. Right in the cockpit. Right in the cockpit. <laughs> he scrunches down and oh! Shot number two, back to the cockpit. <laughs> Co-pilot shot. <laughs> and then, like, he finally, I guess, crouches down enough mm. to get shot in the face with this one. Yeah. And my favorite part about that scene was, so when he gets shot in the face, the camera comes up and you start to see, like, some purpling and some bruising and shit. Mm. And then it cuts away to the kids that are freaking out. Like, what running the hell? Yes, yeah, so they start <laughs> running up to him. And one of the kids gets closest to him. And he look, like, looks at him, he's like, are you okay, coach? And he's got a giant fucking gash in his face. Yeah. Like, he's got, uh-huh. I, I don't know what you call, DOI? <laughs> Dead on yeah. impact? Like. Yeah, I guess, I suppose, yeah. Four! Kill, Kill number, number two. two. Yeah. This one, actually, in a way, um, this is where the tone for me kind of changes. Yes. Where, the, you know, obviously the, the cock shot is funny in his reaction. <laughs> the way the actor My sells penis. it is, is really... <laughs> Pretty fucking hilarious. It is. <laughs> uh, and then the second one is a little less funny. It's like, ooh, that actually looks like it hurts. Yeah. And then the third one is. I called that way with the first one. <laughs> <laughs> and the third one is obviously an orbital fracture. Yeah. This is, this is no longer, you know, a, 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 a comic gag. I'm this not having like, fun anymore. But I, I thought like that was an important sort of you know rule of threes in order to really establish that like oh no like this is actually a serious thing right cool yeah <laughs> but then yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and then <laughs> and then like we start killing kids so the soda machine begins firing on the children as they're running away and everything they get a couple of them there's one kid I thought the scene was hilarious because he takes it in the back of the head and it's like. The actor forgot that if you get hit by it, you're supposed to fall down because he takes like five more steps and then grabs his head and falls down. <laughs> He's the kid who cheats at paintball. Yeah. <laughs> I shot you. No, no, no. I'm gonna live. <laughs> For what we will presume is kill three and four, and then as everyone's escaping, the steamroller comes into the baseball diamond, the runs another kid over. Character. He just takes the kid out for kill number five. And that's that yeah. kill was incredible too because it was you could you got the the straight face pan from the other side where the steamroller was coming from the ah yeah, yeah, yeah. and then it yeah. just immediately cuts to behind where like most of his body is already under the steamroller right. and then the wig comes <laughs> off right. as it's pushing over. And I can imagine Stephen King in my head just being like Gold. We got it. We got next it. Next scene, next scene, next scene, next scene. And for me, for the kid to get into that position to be run over by the steamroller, he first goes head over heels on the, uh, on over the, the handlebars. <laughs> and when they cut to the shot above him, where you see like how he's in this predicament, his legs are tangled up in the frame of the bike. <laughs> and for me, it's like, you're like, oh yeah, been there. Yeah. <laughs> he's, he's, he's a goner, man. There's, the, there's the no bike getting was out also of that. sentient. <laughs> yeah, right. There's no laws when you're drinking the claws. No, no free ads. 
so the kid decides to, I, I, I don't even know if it's worth mentioning, but I just thought it was funny how uh, the soda machine is still firing and he grabs a catcher's mask and holds it up to his face to deflect the shots yeah. and everything that somehow avoided his knuckles. I don't know. I just yeah. thought it, yeah. And in this yeah. moment, in this moment, you're establishing the character and you're, you're thinking to yourself like, oh no, this kid's smart. This, this is kid's, a survivor. This, this, this kid's clever. Yeah. But then <laughs> just before he scurries away to his bike, first thing he does, drops the mask. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, wait, ew. (laughs) And then we get this hard cut to meeting meeting, uh, Brett, Mm -hmm. who I guess we can kind of call the love interest for lack of a better term for this movie. It was certainly forced upon us. So Uh, so she's clearly hitchhiking. With this super creepy driver mm-hmm. who like keeps putting his hand on her thigh, like we've all tried to fight that guy before. Yeah, yeah, man of God. Yeah, <laughs> was he the Bible salesman? He is the Bible salesman. Oh yes. my God, yeah. I never put it together. Uh-huh. I assume yeah. she told she fucking hit the bricks with that shit. But yeah. oh God, that makes so much more sense. Mm-hmm. That was the most character development anybody had. <laughs> True. <laughs> what, yeah. what was the Bible salesman? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um. So, you know, we kind of have, like, we're starting to feel this bad bitch energy where, like, Brett is clearly going to use him for the means that she needs to get to where she's going. Mm-hmm. And she'll body this dude if she fucking has to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I love the line. Like, he, he keeps trying to, to grope her leg as she's, you know, fiddling with the, the radio trying to get a signal. And just before uh, they have to divert from the road, uh, he, he tries it again with her and she says... Uh, what is the line? Like, it's something to the effect of, um, it, if you don't stop touching me, you're going to be wiping your ass with a hook or something. Yeah, like yeah. That. yeah. yeah. I, think, I think that's exactly what it was. And I'm just sitting over here like, can you put like a cork on the end of the hook? Because that sounds horrible. Yeah. And his response is like, well, I've never talked never talked to him like that when I was a kid. Yeah. Like, yeah. Dude, how long have you been... Have you only been like molesting women? Yeah, how long has it been since you were a kid? Right. <laughs> we're we're like in the beginning. We're actually towards the end of the eighties. <laughs> um, so then we actually get another hard cut. I think they just kind of had that scene arbitrarily to kind of like introduce Brett and Bible Man. Um, and then we meet our two characters, uh, Kurt and Connie. Miss Lisa Simpson herself. Ridley <laughs> uh, Smith. Yeah, so they, you know, they're driving in what looks like an Oldsmobile. <laughs> or a Buick. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. It, it's some shit, dude. Boxy 80. It, yeah. <laughs> if it's something not as nice as what Johnny Depp was driving in Nightmare on Elm Street, I don't give a fuck. They were, in, they were actually indistinguishable aside from the hood ornament. All manuals. Which the Bible salesman's car did remind me of. Yeah. Really? Red mm-hmm. Cadillac. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. I guess I didn't get as good of a view because I was, you know, a little preoccupied with the molesting mm-hmm. part of it. But <laughs> There was also a really weird line for me, like, to set up the newlyweds and everything and their dynamic and sense of humor where she says something to the effect of, I need you to pull over and I need to use the little girl's room or something. And he goes, can I watch? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now that we're married. <laughs> I can't even touch on this subject. That's what I'm saying. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Anyway, I just thought that was strange. Laura's like, act like you've never said that before. (laughs) Uh, Jesus Christ. (laughs) Uh, Anyways, so now we're at uh, the truck stop. The first one, not not, like, not the this main This is one. technically a gas station. Oh, sorry. This, this one is, is not. Yeah. This one doesn't have everything. It doesn't have an arcade and a diner and cigarettes. This one just has gas. <laughs> it's 
does it all. Uh, so they pull up and they just see a dead body laying on the ground. <laughs> yeah, and Connie's <laughs> like, or whatever, I think it's Connie, is like, Is he ah! dead? Is he, is he dead? dead? <laughs> yeah, his skull is fucking split, arm yeah. hanging, like, pool of blood everywhere. You can see where he's been dragging his corpse, like, to his death for essentially across the entire park. Yeah, Connie. I just I think don't. they got him. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not even convinced that that was an actual actor. I, I know. I'm more convinced that that was just a body that they put there. Mm-hmm. Or they probably just found one in Wilmington. True. <laughs> If you drive eight miles, you can find one for a set. 100%. I'm going to let you just keep rolling, man. <laughs> just keep on going. Yeah, you know, we found this one after passing three dead hookers in a meth lab. <laughs> Pop shots all day. All right. Anyways, getting back into the movie. So, so then we have like this really cute scene where like, I kind of thought that it was, uh, it looked like some sort of Mustang or some sort of sports car that was kind of beat up that was in this pile of cars that was out front Mm. of the gas station. And I thought that that's what was revving to like bring itself back to life. Mm. And then you just see the tow truck kind of creep around the corner like, hey. And it's literally (laughs) just Mater from Cars. (laughs) (laughs) Which part of me would love to believe that the inspiration for Pixar's Cars series had something tangentially to do with this film. The comet brought them all to life. (laughs) It got stuck in our orbit. They killed all the humans and now they're just Yeah, they just won this time. Yeah. And uh, Curtis is, like, waving it down, right? He's like, you know... He doesn't see that there's no one in it. Right. The first human reaction to something like this going on Mm -hmm. is like, hey, we need help. Yeah. (laughs) We've discovered a body, and she still hasn't peed yet. (laughs) And she's going to make us stop again if we don't pee right here right now. Uh, So, yeah, Billy tries to, like, investigate the the, the truck... Or not, sorry, not Billy. Um, Curtis Curtis tries to investigate the truck. It starts to, like, creep toward him. And then you get that classic, like, idiotic run that everybody has. Because they just (laughs) turn around and start running in a straight line. When, like, I got to tell you, that truck's not going to fucking make a 90-degree turn. Yeah, it's a steamroller all over again. It's, you know. (laughs) The fact that that kid got killed by a steamroller (laughs) fucked me up. Like, it'd be one thing if he was one of the kids that got shot in the head and then killed by the steamroller. Well, I guess the bike was sentient again, so it makes sense. The bike was keeping him locked down. Fucking bitch. Is this what kids in the 80s were like, Randy? Yes. (laughs) I could feel your heart breaking. I was going to say. It was just, you know, the nuclear threat was a lot to carry around. It's a lot of trauma. Flip over the handlebars of your bike, see what happens to you. Fucking quit. I'm done. I'm done. Just fucking me, man. Fucking take me, Cassius. But yeah, the truck attacks old boy. And and he does this, like, you know, Dark Souls dodge roll out of the way. And you just hear Connie in the background. Curtis, are you dead? Which she does pull some, a badass move where she like out of the car at this point. And she like in wedding dress just like gets back into the out into the driver's mm-hmm. seat. And he's like, get in the fucking car, mm-hmm. get in the fucking car. Because it's like slowly backing up. <laughs> you know what I mean? And, yeah, because they try to give it like that slasher vibe too mm-hmm. with the truck, where it was just like. It's a really crazy starter sound. That, like, there was a lot of really cool uh, sound effects in terms mm-hmm. of you know adding to the suspense of things throughout the way. 
but the, again, maybe it's the cocaine fever dream. He oh was yeah, on, but he's completely ripping off Psycho with this like sound yeah. effect. Yeah, actually, Laura pointed that out as well when we were watching it. It does have that. Mm-hmm. Oh, that was really cool. It, it is that concept of like you know you're on cocaine. You just need more sound. You need to feel. The, <laughs> you need to feel the vibrations around you, or it's nothing's happening. Yeah, I, I do have to say though, I, I was telling uh, John this earlier. Uh, whoever edited this movie <laughs> needs to be given an honorary Oscar because in order to make sense out of this insanity and keep it in just over 90 minutes is... He, he was genius. also he was also clocked in for nine hours but only paid for eight. <laughs> uh, so- Poor bastard. <laughs> I hope he's not poor. <laughs> So Kurt and Connie peel out and they start getting chased down by the uh, by the tow truck. And we got <laughs> They have time to do like nine donuts and almost cross a railroad track. No, not that way, the other way. I don't know how to drive when I'm afraid. Stop yelling at me. <laughs> and like the, the tow truck isn't making any forward progress towards them. Like literally it's is reverse. not closing the gap. <laughs> it's still trying to get out of the parking lot. It, absolute hilarity. Uh, so uh, so they kind of peel out, and then we cut back to the uh, diner now, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so this is the point where I'm actually angry. Because now we kind of get to see, uh, you know, all of the crazy kills have kind of happened thus far. And Emilio Estevez and uh, some other people are starting to figure it out. Brett shows up with Bible Man, and then he gets out of the car and they still haven't totally caught on to the fact that it is machinery is just doing this in general. So he gets up because he's looking for something in one of the trucks and he gets out of the truck to meet Brett for the first time. And the fucking mirror starts moving and the mirror is fucking manual. The mirror is fucking manual. Yes. I was like, oh, no. yes. it's all it's all just electromagnets, right? That's mm-hmm. how all of this fucking works. It's the tail of a comet. I mean, that's just science. Yeah. <laughs> Clocks run backwards. <laughs> Toilets swell in reverse now. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Like, I, I just like, this is the point in the movie where I was like, I've made it through so much of this. And this is so hard. Yeah. This this point was so you, like, hard. You click the controller. How much time is that? Fuck, an hour and 15 minutes. <laughs> it took us like two hours Brutality. to watch this movie. Yeah. <laughs> brutality <laughs> so now we start to get the the sexual connection right between brett and uh i keep calling him emilio estevez but it's fucking bill Billy, yeah. whatever the fuck you want to sure. call him uh th- like they're not used to that at this point right if you're top build cast enough i just call you by your name <laughs> <laughs> it, it sets the stage <laughs> they all kind of go in and then everything starts kind of really coming to life now right mm-hmm. yeah one thing I did enjoy about their their initial meeting, and this is uh, after the truck essentially comes to life and gives you that uh, that horror movie payoff where the the face of the truck lights up red. Yeah, with the eyes. Yeah. <laughs> <And> like, Evil. <laughs> it tries to take out the Bible salesman, but he's only saved because Brett starts to recognize something's going on. And then once they you know realize the truck is driving itself. Uh, the the, dr- the owner of the truck's inside. At no point does anyone actually go to any of these vehicles and try to like drag out the motherfucker who just tried to. <laughs> uh, the the owner of the truck is inside, jingles the keys, and is like, "Well, he must have been a <laughs> um, 
hot wiring champion. Oh, no. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. So, so after uh, Emilio, Bill, whoever, uh, uh-huh. <laughs> uh, investigates his truck, the conversation between he and Brad is just <laughs> like, like what I love about Stephen Keen is lack of nuance. Yeah, just, <laughs> that's it, such a good take. <laughs> it makes it easy to read. Yes. Just like, I actually to, read it. Let's just, let's just get to it. Uh, in, before we even get before you even get to names, the sexual tension is so high you could, you could cut it with a possessed electric. They're light. actually inside <laughs> of each other. Already. Yeah. Basically, he's saying, "Hey, let's hook up." She's like. Well, I don't know. Maybe he's like, well, maybe I'll grow on you. She's like, yeah, we're going to fuck. My name's Brett, by the way. (laughs) Which later they will play a riveting game of checkers. Mm. (laughs) I think we kind of cut back to the lone survivor, right? Yeah, Uh, baseball kid. Who is uh, Deke? Deke is, yeah, that boy's name is Deke. And Duncan, if I'm not mistaken, is actually the The father, father, right? Okay, so Duncan is the one that's having this argument with... uh, with Billy at the time. Mm-hmm. So we switch we switch to seeing Deke who is I guess he's like nine or ten or he's in Little League, right? Sure. Yeah. yeah. I, I wanna go ahead because I wanna add something to this scene too. <laughs> this is my favorite shot in the entire fucking movie is in this scene. And Deke by far has the best theme music of the entire film. <laughs> There's an actual track on the soundtrack called DT, still my favorite to this day. Um <laughs> But yeah, wherever he rolls, he has his own fucking soundtrack. I felt that. He's got his own theme music. That's why I just whistle when I run. <laughs> I going anywhere. I just play the X-Men theme in my head. That... <laughs> As Deke is maneuvering his way through the neighborhood, we see that suburbia has been stricken by <laughs> the blight of the comic tale. Right. We got lawnmowers covered in blood. There are cars that are crashed. My favorite, though, was the sound that you hear. <laughs> and he kind of rolls pie on his bike and there's just this dog with a toy police car in its mouth with its mouth covered in blood or everything like i guess the toy car is also technically a vehicle so it was able to murder this dog somehow <laughs> laura was so upset <laughs> it was so fucking funny to me there are people that are like hanging out of their window with their hair dryers still in their hand and everything you know, just... i would like to point out in this scene that all of the sprinklers were on because all of the sprinklers were fucking sentient too. And what it, like, that's all a sprinkler can do, right? It's just be on. It doesn't have, you it know just what I mean? Yeah, like, I'll drown you eventually. <laughs> I'm going to make you so wet. <laughs> Copy that. <laughs> but the lawnmower comes to life and begins chasing and at this point Deke is off of his bicycle there's an ice cream truck in here somewhere and it's not even a riding lawnmower it's literally uh, yeah. the, uh, the self-driven <laughs> push mower who pushes the push mower right. <laughs> and about this time I think as you were mentioning where Keller is or Duncan is or whatever his name is is having the conversation with Boss Hog about like <laughs> I gotta go find my son and his eyes are like bright red bloodshot and there's like literally blood stain I, again i don't know how diesel affects your vision i can't see it anyway but it's just you know i gotta find my son how many fingers am i holding up eight twelve you get back in there you're not ready <laughs> you know? 
And he tries to justify it too. He's like, I'm getting better. Yeah, right. <laughs> like, dude, you're driving a fucking 16 wheeler. You do you know how many people you could kill? Do you know how yeah. many people this thing is gonna kill? Yeah. I still don't know what the motivation is. Yeah. Motivation. God damn it. <laughs> it was right fucking there. <laughs> I think that Fuck actually answered the question. <laughs> I think it actually answered the question inherently, but <laughs> cocaine. <laughs> yeah, that's so all he, these trucks were looking for was they, fucking cocaine. They fucking let him go anyway. I don't know, you know. And so he just kind of leaves, and like the boss is like, "You don't clock out until I tell you to." And he's like, "Fuck you!" And <laughs> immediately gets hit by the green goblin <laughs> for kill number six. Or if you're keeping real count, like twenty four. Sure. <laughs> While this is at, oh no, it wasn't the Green Goblin because it was the dump truck. No, it that was had all his that truck that killed him. Was it? Okay. Yeah, that was and his so, because after it kills him, it immediately like hits the Bible salesman's car and dumps trash all over it, mm-hmm. which was just like such a, you know, I didn't kill anything. In fact, this is really impeding like <laughs> our, you know, the number of units that we have in the battlefield right now. If I destroyed this car, but we're going to anyway, now I'm going to dump trash on it. It was just so affected. fucking funny. Yeah, I think it was the jealous. whole way there. Yeah, <laughs> I just want people inside me. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't realize that you could have like daddy issues as a vehicle. But. And yeah, and like the Bible salesman sees his precious car that he's paid for with all of these Bibles, you know, and he runs outside, and the Green Goblin shows up and backs into him, mm-hmm. knocks him down into a sewer. At this point, I had a kill count here. We'll presume him dead for now, right? So, we should be so lucky. Mm-hmm. And everybody sort of realizes that we're fucking stuck here because they have this, like, circle maneuver that they mm-hmm. start doing around, you know, the cars that are coming off the highway to join the fray and everything are also joining Which, again, the, the motivation is just lost on Yeah, 100%. 100%. Thank you. That felt validated. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's ironic because I'm really not good at that. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, so now uh, we have like one, str- like before they start encircling the camp, right? Mm-hmm. We do have one that actually tries to hit them, right? Like actually tries to drive in. Because this is when we find yeah. out that... It's all a blur. I'm, yeah. <laughs> yeah, because There's a the, lot of cars in this movie, man. <laughs> now, <laughs> cars too. <laughs> yeah. Well, now we hit like, the, the only reason I'm bringing it up is because it feels like this is like one of the only actual plot points in the movie is when one of the trucks tries to drive into the diner and kill all these people. And Hendershot just pulls out a fucking rocket mm-hmm. launcher. And I'm like... I don't even know where you get this shit in mm-hmm. Wilmington and just fucking dead on fucking ices the truck mm-hmm. for kill number seven. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was the 1980s. There were bazookas anywhere you want. Fucking blowing bazookas, bro. <laughs> you actually, if you don't do a line off of a rocket, are you even from North Carolina? <laughs> While it's moving. <laughs> <laughs> it just shoots <laughs> And this is the, the this is where all the like the genre bending of this movie really comes sure. it starts to really reveal yeah. itself. Mm-hmm. It's like, is this a horror movie? Mm-hmm. Is this a sci-fi movie? Is this is this like Rambo mm-hmm. Part Four? You know, like, <laughs> right. what is going on? He pulls out a bow and arrow. <laughs> yeah, heavy metal soundtrack. If you want eighties, mm-hmm. here it is. And honestly, like the rest of the scene is really just like we keep cutting back and forth to the kid traveling yeah. to the diner, which uh-huh. I don't know how he knows to even go there. Connie and Curtis, I guess he's looking for his dad. He just knows that his dad's working and he's like, I gotta go yeah. find somebody. You know what I mean? Yeah. Somebody yeah. that can take me somewhere. So 
Connie yeah. and Curtis make it there at some point. They have a brief scene that's inconsequential where they are being chased off a road by a truck as well and that sort of thing. And they survive. That truck was that. incredible, though, yeah. because before it actually went off the loft, it was or off the lift. It was on fire. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Suicide truck. <laughs> they only had fuses in one size. <laughs> so we had to set it up. <laughs> now it's kind of like night has fallen. Uh, Brett and... Uh, Billy Emilio Estevez have mm-hmm. pl- or have just played a riveting game of checkers mm-hmm. somewhere in this diner. Uh, you sure do make love like a hero. That was the least validating line in that entire yeah. fucking movie. And I delivered it better. <laughs> I'm more turned on than when I watched the movie. So <laughs> congratulations on that. But now they're kind of like figuring out how they can get out of here because it comes up out of nowhere that Emilio Estevez is like, or he's talking to Brett and he was like, have you ever been on a boat? Like a mm. non-motorized boat, like that's some suave say, thing to say. <laughs> it's like I'm, clearly she's not. She's a grifter, is what I have picked up mm. from a lot of this. So for all I know, she's been playing him the whole time. Sure, it doesn't wind up being the case because everybody wants to get away from you know fucking alien possessed cars or whatever. Mm. What, whatever the fuck this is actually uh, descending into <laughs> at this point. But the caveat being is this island that they can sail to has zero motors on it. Again, that didn't seem to affect the cigarette machine, <laughs> the jukebox. The mirror. The mirror. Yeah. <laughs> and I love that it's called Haven. Right. <laughs> because that would be like an extraneous amount of information to have. Like an, an event of a mechanical uprising know that you're always safe in haven <laughs> i was really hoping they were going to croatan because then they could then they could do back on overdrive 2 <laughs> that had nothing to do with cars <laughs> and um what's your name what's the character's name fuck um no, Wanda. Uh, it starts losing her oh mind at the diner because she drops one. You know, one of my favorites. Why are they doing this to us? We made them. And my first thought was, "Bitch, you haven't made shit." Right. First of all, you, I can, mean- you can barely make eggs. I'm watching you <laughs> fucking like screw up a fried egg. <laughs> Ironically, she was paying her way through engineering school. <laughs> This is where we start to also really get some really on-the-nose references mm-hmm. uh, because the um, the music video that went along with the movie, like every movie had a heavy metal music video at this time, yes. um, was Who Made Who? ACDC. So literally in, in in the video for this is her like exclaiming at the cars and it's... Uh, <laughs> and the trucks get fucking super salty about that for some reason. They say start blowing their horns. They cut the power to the diner. <laughs> like, hey, hey, turn it off. <laughs> They're done. I've had enough. <laughs> uh, so yeah, now uh, I guess this actually takes place over two nights, right? Because they haven't actually decided that they're going to escape yet. If I, if I remember this correctly, because there's still... One. There are two nightfalls that happen okay, in the okay. film, yes. Yeah. So, We're still in night one. Yeah, yeah. So, so now we kind of have like this idea of what we want to do. So now uh, now that Wanda's been iced, the power's gone out. Right. Uh, Wanda's want- still here. Oh, yeah. you're right, you're right, you're right. Because she drops that line on two completely unrelated occasions, oh too. She like, you know what? No, <laughs> fuck them. I'm bringing this back out. We're not done talking about this. <laughs> 
At th- this is the next line in my notes. We find out that the Bible salesman is alive. We hear a scream in the distance in the dead yeah. of night. You know what I mean? Yeah. Help and me, so mommy. They start formulating the plan, Curtis and Bill being the two most masculine and heroic characters, having the most experience surviving sentient vehicles, are going to go rescue him. You know what I mean? With our penises combined. (laughs) So they, the girls are like, don't go. Don't leave me a widow on my wedding night. And then Brett's like, hey, kiss me. Kiss me. I know we're not really a thing. Are we? I don't really. Yeah, come here. You know, we play checkers. Like, yeah, we play checkers. <laughs> right next to his porn wall, which we'll get to in a second. Because he lives at the diner. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, the idea being that there is this sewer that connects, mm-hmm. you know, like this sewer pipe and they can get under there and get, basically they can cross the road by going underneath it, right? So they're going to go get the Bible salesman. So, yeah, they, they find, actually, oh, it was the kid we found along the way. Because, <laughs> <laughs> you know, the kid actually finds the Bible salesman first. They wind up bringing him back in and uh, they're like, we got to get back in because the, they see like the armada of mm-hmm. trucks, not... Not all of the trucks that we see later, but sure. a small armada of trucks mm-hmm. that are coming to, I guess, because they can telecommunicate because they're sentient now. Yeah. Um, Naturally. So they bring the kid back, and apparently this kid is the only person that knows Morse code. Because <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Th- there starts to be like, was it a honk or was it a flash? It was some. We- it was a weird fucking sound that so they were it's, using. Yeah. It's, it, this is the part where the the fucking turret appears on the little cart because it's the horn on oh, that Oh, I thought that came wheel. during the day. It did come during the day because that's when he's doing the more stuff. Oh, okay, yeah, okay, yeah. okay. Yeah, no. And I mean, that's kind of it. Like, they, they rescue the Bible salesman, kind of, but they kind of only have time to get the kid in this truck that realizes that, oh, fuck, they've gotten away. I've got to go run over them. Like Because that's what the trucks say to themselves. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I got a merit badge in it. I would know. <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah, but the, before, like, the, the one thing that I thought was kind of cool about this, this is the only, like, remarkable, it, it's not even that it was remarkable, it was just such a breath of fresh air for the tone that the movie had given me so far, is earlier we have this scene where, like, Bill is talking about his past, because, uh, Bo- I'm just gonna keep calling him Boss Hog, that's yeah. <laughs> in his, like, basement armory where he's been, like, hoarding guns and weapons and ammunition and everything, says, like, yeah, we found this kid shoplifting or whatever the fuck. Who cares? But he's he is talking to Brett. Bill is talking to yeah. Bill is talking to Brett and was like, "It's the it's the stupidity that I'm afraid of. That's the part of myself that I hate. Like when they shine that spotlight on me, I just froze." So when they make it back to the diner with the kid, there's that realization that the kid's dad is dead. Somebody is pointing a flashlight at Bill's face, and he doesn't have it in oh. him to tell the kid. You that's know, a good take. You know what I mean? That's and so take. I was like, oh, that's actually filmmaking. That's a callback. <laughs> he did was we sober just use for like, 10 minutes. Yeah, yeah. A vehicle of like literary, wow, Stephen King. He just but, let like, the camera yeah. go for a minute while they brought a tray of blow. Yeah. No, that's that's actually really cool. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we have, you know, this is again, I, I know I'm just beating the dead horse at this point, but the fact that this M40 was sentient and every fucking gun that is downstairs is not like why were why was that just not shooting? Because people? it was on a car. <laughs> it it, it, it becomes part of yes. you. <laughs> That's some transformer shit. It is some transformer shit. Yeah, 
that would have helped this movie a lot. Is mm-hmm. like if all, like if they spent their whole CGI budget on all of them turning no. into one transformer. At well, the this end. is what my problem is: is that turret gun ends up having a higher count than Optimus, a higher kill count than Optimus fucking Prime and the Transformers <laughs> movie, and that's a problem. <laughs> but anyway, yeah. So we uh, now, now we kind of see now that people are getting mowed down because we have Wanda runs out first, right? Yeah, we made you. She's not off this diatribe she yet. Still yeah. doesn't know how to make a car. <laughs> and Hendershot is his name. There is <laughs> found it. Uh, gets like eight to the chest, and so he dies for kill eight. Wanda yeah. dies for kill nine. There's like three more people that die in the diner. That people that were just there. At this point, I stopped counting because they yeah. have an entire convoy that leaves at the end mm-hmm. of this movie. Which, right. like, you forget, like, it felt like they just brought people that were actually behind the scenes yeah. into the scene just to act like there yeah. were more Because there's, like, six trucks and, like, 15 people. It was weird. <laughs> like, the map didn't line up for me. Um, but, yeah, this is the part that you were talking about where, yeah. like, after the gunfire goes down, the horn on the turret cart starts beeping, you know? Beep, 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 beep. And the kid's just like, that's Morse code. Bullshit. I, yeah, everyone's like, everyone's like, there's no fucking way you know Morse code. You're a child. Like what? And I was like, I, mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know Morse code. If someone, it's worth a shot. <laughs> so, anyways, uh, he's like, somebody get me a piece of paper so I don't forget it. I can't keep up with this. Starts crushing the translation. Like I, like I said, I was making a merit badge joke, and that's what his justification was for knowing Morse code. Fuck all that. Fuck all that. <laughs> that. Those courses last like four hours. There is no part of you that would be, he would have had to actively have studied Morse code for hours and hours to be able to translate that rapidly. It's like, you know, power a radio with a potato. Sure. That's in the Boy Scout handbook. Yeah. But like, <laughs> Where's so enough? Pick up Morse code in an afternoon. Fuck off. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely not. I speak it with all my friends on our walkie-talkies between houses, just like they do in every other fucking horror movie with children. (laughs) (laughs) And what this is my favorite part of the whole movie, because this is the justification that I needed the entire time, right? The cart says, all right, we're going to stop killing you if you come give us gas. (laughs) Everybody's out of gas. (laughs) We were talking about how to stuff the cars, right? Yeah. Okay. A, the girl has a straight blade shaver, razor, in her you know, have you ever heard the term slashing tires? Okay, we got one way of dealing with the vehicles. Right? I've never we not can, done that before. We can shoot the gas tanks with our rifles that we have in the ba- basement. Unless they backfire. The <laughs> <laughs> it just blows the hammer out of the back. Don't let any cars touch this gun. <laughs> Don't anyway. even let them look at the gun. Just one bazooka? Just one shell? That's all we have? Emilio Estevez. Because, again, Brett has that moment of clarity where she's like, how the fuck can we trust these cards? Which sounds ridiculous anyway. But Emilio Estevez, I wrote it down because it was so goddamn funny. Ain't no reason why he couldn't call in a truck full of napalm and hose this place down. (laughs) Oh, yeah. No, you're right. (laughs) We should help them. (laughs) And, like, the the funniest part about all of this is, like, it encompasses the idea that these whatever is going on whatever sentient thing is happening to these machines they have a sense of self-preservation because for the entire fucking movie my like when they all actually get into the diner i'm like why don't they just run over the diner yeah yeah. why do they give a fuck and they're like oh they want to live yeah (laughs) it was beautiful and the explanation given is that well if they drove in the the floor would give way and would fall to the to the cellar. Sure, mm-hmm. 
does the car give a fuck? Like, yeah. right. yeah. people dead. Mission accomplished. Yeah. Hey, they only got seven days to live. They ain't yeah. gonna waste it in the ditch, man. You know. I was waiting for the cars to start talking. Like, <laughs> turns out they just want him to clock in for no hours. Oh no, we've only got eight days, five hours, twenty nine minutes, twenty three seconds for the tail end of this shit. <laughs> This is the part, though, where I have in my notes, because it isn't lost to me that I would argue I'm probably incorrect here, at least from being born in 1991. The thing that I remember Emilio Estevez for is the Mighty Ducks. Naturally. Okay. At this point, after he fills up the Green Goblin truck with, you know, diesel, everything's fine. I have it in my notes that Gordon Bombay calls the Green Goblin fuckface because I, <laughs> I, I was just, I was so jaded and glossed over at this point. It was... At this point, I was just enduring it, you know, because I couldn't get past the fact that they would help these. Anyway, it's fine. Yeah, just let them die. <laughs> like, it all came full circle. I get, well, I guess you would still have to worry about the mirrors. Mm-hmm. You would still have to worry about guns going off. You would still have to worry about all kinds of shit. Mm-hmm. So maybe you're not safe, but yeah. yeah. <laughs> My suspenders Toy are choking me. <laughs> <laughs> it was funny. And the trucks start communicating. We said, hey, we got gas over here. Come to Wilmington. We got gasoline. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, Which they suck that shit dry. They suck the soul out of that fucking gas station. I bet they wish they didn't fucking waste it on Homeboy's face earlier. Mm-hmm. You've got this whole sequence where uh, it really establishes that they're, you know, like toiling in the hot sun, pumping gas all day. And, you know, they're sort of tagging off, like, you know, like, mm. you, know, you go down, lie down, get some rest. You need to rest. The M40's following yeah. them the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> and you see this endless sea of trucks backed mm. up on the highway. And, yeah, and they just suck this place dry. <laughs> but conveniently, there was also a gas truck that refills the gas station. <laughs> like, Emilio Estevez is, like, just fucking defeated he's not making any sense he can't complete sentences anymore the guy that owns the green goblin truck actually comes out and gets him and pulls him into the diner we'll take it over from here hero girlfriend grabs him come inside i'm so sorry and he starts going on this diet like girlfriend now. yeah yeah i guess so yeah 24 hours probably it was the 80s um and so he starts it's like we're aliens man it's like the aliens came down and we're on this dirty little planet with oil and grease on the wall and they're like a broom, man. They're just sweeping us all clean. They're sweeping us, they're sweeping us all clean. The aliens are a broom. The trucks. Are... It just kind of passes out. What the fuck was that? <laughs> was that the was that the hero's downfall that we were experiencing? I definitely feel <laughs> the same way about SoundCloud. Was that right? <laughs> <laughs> they're all just coming down and sweeping us out of the way, man. <laughs> it was so weird. Like what a weird scene. And his performance wasn't even great. Like no. he he didn't even no. he didn't even like force us through that scene. We were just kind of at least I was just sort of watching this. I was pretty letting soft. it happen to me. I don't. Know. <laughs> so now they're actually trying to get out now, right? Yeah, because he formulates a plan. He has his forty-five minute power nap, and just everything's fine. You know, so, <laughs> sorry I'm about hydrated sorry now. about that psychosis. I got a plan, and he grabs a grenade and like throws it at the turret. He like puts it on the bed of the. I don't know what that's called, but he yeah, leaves it there. Yeah, yeah. yeah, this is also a moment that I have an issue with in terms of like what what is sentient, what isn't, and it seems as though that you know this cart has been communicating through Morse code and telepathy. It seems as though you know there's a secret. <laughs> <of trucks. laughs> so so he he grabs his buddy. And he's like, okay, 
and, and, and you know, the, the gun on the turret is following them as they're walking across because obviously guns have eyes. Sure. And uh, he's like, okay, when I tell you to run, you run. He's like, what, man? Like, when I tell you to run, you run. <laughs> and he's as close to the gun as we are. <laughs> you know what I mean? Can the gun not hear him? <laughs> right. Can the gun not sense his thoughts? Did I you fucking know? stutter? Because <laughs> it did hear him when he deliberately told it, hey, don't shoot us. We're going to go take care of something. You know what I mean? Yeah. It was, yeah. But also, Wait, it, comes yeah. Back, <laughs> but it comes back to you know this idea that you, you have a cachet of like, weapons, everything short of a nuclear bomb in the mm-hmm. basement of this of this truck stop. And this is the first time you realize you have a grenade. Yeah. <laughs> and rocket number two. Yeah. <laughs> we did find rocket number two. They did at least like, I think they got a pump action. And a rocket <laughs> is really how they were going to fucking fight through the trucks. Yeah. Uh, Which, again, that would be all you need because the gas tanks are on the outside of the vehicle. You could just stick a barrel out the window and pick it off. At you just got a pepper. I would like to believe that somebody in this truck stop in Wilmington, North Carolina, knows how to fire a rifle. <laughs> you know what I mean? I feel like y'all were fine. I don't know. I just so, Statistically, yeah. I think it's 100%. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think if you stop at a truck stop in Wilmington, you have probably fired a rifle. You have definitely fired a shotgun, mm-hmm. and you definitely have a handgun in your boot. I was going to say, the girlfriend. fact that they weren't packing was like borderline treasonous. You know? <laughs> <laughs> so, but yeah, so the, the turret goes... Oh no, I'm gay now. <laughs> so the turret goes down, and all the trucks are like, fuck, that was our only way to, you know... <laughs> So they start, like, attacking the fucking gas station. Um, the bulldozer shows up yeah, from earlier. They rocket that, you know what I mean? <laughs> because, again, they realize we can just shoot the damn things and we'll be fine, you know? Um, and at this point, <laughs> at this point, it becomes like that everybody exits through the sewer. Everybody gets out. Everybody's starting to escape. And night falls again. Here we are, night number two, three, whatever, at this point. Everybody is in pursuit. Green Goblin truck is red-eyed, so you know it's mad. You know, like, <laughs> now it's personal. It's, <laughs> nobody Ch- makes me look like an idiot. Mm-hmm. You killed gun on cart. <laughs> nobody kills gun on cart. <laughs> they kill the ice cream truck. The ice cream truck goes down in this like ball. No of one fire kills ice cream truck. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> So really, by the end of this story, it's a movie about revenge mm-hmm. than 100%. anything else. And that's kind of it, right? Like, there's this other scene that you were talking earlier about, like, how it's hard to discern the corpses, like, the actual people yeah, sure. from, like, the mannequin, the, yeah. you know, prosthetic. And there is a woman with a ring hanging out, like, her hand hanging mm-hmm. out the window with the largest diamond ring I've ever seen in yeah. my life. And Brad gets that, like, eye of the tiger thing, you know what I mean? That, like the Midas and he turns around <laughs> he like kind of like keeps moving at the same speed <laughs> and it rotates back towards where he found this ring slides it off a finger looks at ever and then the goblin eyes turn on behind him again you know what I mean? it's like oh fuck Brad you should get out of the way you should get out of the way Brad there's a truck coming Brad get out of the way Bradley Brad Brad, <laughs> Brad turns around and goes ah <laughs> Truck hits him for kill number 12, and that'll complete our kill count for the movie. Again, just illustrating the absurdity of all this. As much as I loved, and this is like going into our final shot, uh, as much as I loved ACDC being a part of this, all I could hear was come sail away in my head. (laughs) (laughs) Because they're all on their motorless boat. (laughs) They are literally sailing away. (laughs) 
But okay. Oh, they did kill the Green Goblin truck. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yes. Yeah. Which is kind of like the, the glory shot of the movie, mm-hmm. you know. It's, it's the money the, shot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. It's like, you know, the, the, the big evil has been defeated. Mm-hmm. But once we get to the arena, I have another issue with the sentient, not sentient um, status of things. Sure. And is, is this a sailboat's only marina? <laughs> no pontoons of monkey? <laughs> the wave riders are yeah. just doing flips in the air and shit. Mm. <laughs> They're like the dolphins of these mechanicized shit. The submarine comes up. <laughs> it, almost, it, almost, it almost had the feeling of like, wait, wait. Is there no way to make these uh, motorized mm-hmm. boats kill anything? Because that would have been the move, right? To end the movie on that. Yeah. Like, now we're in fire with the motor, you know? And, and I feel like at some point, somebody, uh, like a first AD or someone stepped in and be like, listen, man, we are way over budget on this. Just get them out of here. Just get them out of here. Our cocaine budget is is (laughs) tax. That's it. We're done. We need to release this movie next week if we also want cocaine next week. (laughs) They're gonna like Reagan soon, and we're gonna have to get all this. Um, so actually, uh, Eric, I think you took down the outro yeah. for this, actually. Here's my favorite part of the whole movie, guys. <laughs> the end. <laughs> Two days after, as like, I think you shook me all night long is playing at this point. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Two days after, a large UFO <laughs> was destroyed in space <laughs> by a <laughs> Russian <laughs> weather satellite, which happened to be equipped with laser cannon and class four nuclear missile. I have one question with it. So what does that have to do with anything? Because I thought it was the trail of the comet that they were stuck in. What did the UFO... What was that? And also, am, I fe- I, am I fucking missing something? Or I feel like if that space station, I think it comes down to one of two things: either the comet was a lie and it was actually the Russians the entire time, mm-hmm. which if he was doing that to us in a movie that we couldn't understand to begin with, that's fucked up. Well, it was the UFO that was cut because the way it's written implies that the Russians destroyed the UFO, right? You know, but that's what I'm saying is like they're. He, I'm talking about in the aspect of completely changing the concept of why everything happened when we already don't understand the fucking plot. Sure. Why are you doing this to us? And mm-hmm. also, why wouldn't it... Like, if that thing is sentient, why wouldn't it just fire the missiles and kill all of us? Right. <laughs> and perhaps more existential, are UFOs sentient? Yes. <laughs> so these poor aliens are just uh-huh. caught in this sucked into the, in the crossfire of the Russians. And- <laughs> <laughs> Aliens versus Russia. That should have been the sequel. I would have. I would have Spech gone broke. <laughs> <laughs> well, in its entirety, that was the fucking movie. Yeah. Um, so I think I'm gonna probably go last on this, uh, Eric. Uh, what would you rate this movie? At? Here's the thing, man. I'm gonna stick to my guns on my rating system here. I can't rate how entertaining the movie is because I have been entertained by threes and fours before. You know what I mean? The quality of this movie is not something that I can give any credit to. (laughs) In terms of filmmaking, acting, writing, everything. My favorite thing about this is in the trivia section on IMDb. Like they, they literally like Stephen King discussed this and said, nobody has ever done a book of mine. Well, in a live action circumstance, right? Except for the mist. And so he, decides to do this film right after that was over he says nobody has ever fucked up a movie harder than i did (laughs) (laughs) 
And so I can't, I can't give it. I mean, it's like a three and a half. It's like a three, three and a half. Yeah, you know what absolutely. I mean? It's like, did, did it have some, you know, decent actors and actresses in it? Cool. We, this, I think this was Giancarlo Esposito's first on-screen appearance in a film, if I'm not mistaken. So cool catapult and things like that. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Does it have its place in nostalgia? Certainly. Is it funny as fuck? Absolutely. There are so many quotes, one-liners, situations, and oh, things like that. So you know what I mean? No, dude, it was front to back. It was front. <laughs> Did it drag in places? <laughs> T- yes. T to B. <laughs> but if we had put this in a Masters of Horror setting with like 59 mm-hmm. minutes to work with, you could have told the entire story. Absolutely. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Is that Stephen King's fault? A hundred percent. So I'm just going to blame him. You know, <laughs> he, he, was too, he was too busy being the director, producer, screenplay writer, uh-huh. and, and coke connoisseur. I was going to say, <laughs> and the plug. <laughs> so we're we're thinking three. I'm thinking three, three and a half. I'll lean okay. up to three and a half for this one. Okay. Yeah, Randy, what about yourself? <sighs> I, you know, because <laughs> this was your idea. Yeah, no, because you did this. Listen, it is, it is a fun ride. Am I, am I right? One hundred percent. It was an um, overdrive of a ride. It, it's it's maximum. Over, count it. <laughs> count it. Uh, Undefeated. He said the thing. Um, I think take that, Stanley Kubrick. You know, like he, <laughs> he, he just came for your wife. <laughs> Oh, Stephen King famously hated The Shining and what Stanley Kubrick did with it. So this was his directorial debut. Nothing about that surprises me at all. Nothing about that surprises me at all. I think that like this movie, in a lot of ways, just really for me, it just kind of encompasses everything that was like. I, I was around ten when this movie came out, and so like I remember the eighties being a weird place. God damn, the 80s was a weird place. <laughs> but I think this movie like really encapsulates that. Yeah. And just all of the stuff combined is just one of the weirdest fucking experiences. <laughs> and, and, to, and to think about, this is a movie that was heavily promoted, was all over MTV with the ACDC tie-ins and like... This is like a serious attempt at like a new genre in horror. Because right. the names were Titans. Yeah. Stephen King, ACDC, Emilio Estevez, <laughs> some other people. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Goblin Trump. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, and like it has this whole like sort of sort of a predecessor to like, you know, the the fears of AI and like it's around the same time as Terminator. Never found that one. <laughs> um but yeah, like what John Kerry is definitely watched us beat some cheeks. What amazing shit show! Like, <laughs> I think that's the best way to sum this movie up. Is it is an incredible shit show. If you had to give it a number, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if we're, if we're judging it for just like sheer insanity, ten out of ten. <laughs> All right, but it's just the Mozart of tongue in cheek. <laughs> but in terms of uh, horror. Um, you know, I, I, I think it's fitting that this same company also is the one that did Evil Dead 2 mm-hmm. and Army of Darkness. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, I wish that came through some. Yeah. Um, but uh, I wanted to do it. <laughs> <laughs> I just feel like it was low-hanging fruit. Yeah. Um, low-hanging but, fruit is exactly what I would rate that too. <laughs> I mean, you know, in terms of like a serious horror movie. I mean, exactly. This right? is like, yeah. this is like right around the same mm-hmm. level as like critters. <laughs> but it's something you have to see so you can never unsee. Yeah, yeah no, most definitely. Um, 
I I definitely uh, tried to enjoy this movie for what it was. <laughs> I mean, like you said, like both of you have said, like there were parts of it that were absolutely hilarious. There were stuff that like kind of brought you in for a minute. Um, I know when I talk about it a lot, uh, one of my biggest things is story. At any point in time, for any horror movie, that's what I love about them more than anything is the fact that they can kind of transcend these happy ending ideas. You know, you have these movies where maybe not everybody makes it. You have these movies where sometimes you have the final girl and you have like these really crazy plot lines that are cohesive. <laughs> or th- through <laughs> throughout the story and that's really like what fell more flat to me than the dialogue in this movie because <laughs> even just like the person to personable interactions in this movie were absolutely insane to me um i i rate this movie a nine <laughs> totally kidding I've, no one laughed in this room i think <laughs> i think at the end of the day what I you're really in love with <laughs> sorry Rich. I think Boss Hogg said it best when he said, fuck to find Bubba. <laughs> fuck to find But, you know, I, what I will say for the nostalgia factor is I am a huge Stephen King fan. Uh, I don't read a lot. I do read a lot of Stephen King. So that's like, <laughs> it's yeah. hard for me to, to do that. But And most of his stuff is stupid. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Cujo? Are you kidding me? <laughs> a rabid St. Bernard terrorizes a town. We're not even going to get into the shit that actually happens in it. <laughs> That's what, yeah, exactly. <laughs> we meet the turtle that carries the world on its back, right. and there's a child orgy. Like, this yeah. is the shit that this guy writes. Yeah. Um, but at the end of the day, this movie is ultimately a three for yeah. me. Um, but, I mean, there's no reason that if you're listening to this right now that you shouldn't watch it. It's- because, you know, it hits like Troll 2 does, right? You know what <laughs> I mean? It's that cult status thing that has its following. It, it, There are people in the world that genuinely like bad movies. They will have a great time doing this. Yeah. Go watch it. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. Since we have a, an actor extraordinaire on here, I would like to ask you, Randy, um... Two questions. One, if you were to, would you be in this movie? If you were offered this role? Absolutely. <laughs> Are you me? Who would you play? Yeah. I don't know if that was question two, but I'm going to That was question two. Okay. <laughs> Who would you want to be in this movie? I think I have to go with the, uh, the Coke machine. <laughs> Shusha! <laughs> AKA Stephen King. <laughs> How fast can you type, asshole? <laughs> <laughs> um, do y'all have any closing thoughts about this movie? I think we covered all of it. Randy, so what projects do you have going on right now? What kind of plugs do you have that you would like our listeners to know about? What can we find you on on Amazon? Uh, in on Amazon. Well, um, there's a handful of things. Uh, one of the things I'm most proud of is uh, I did get to work with Michael Keaton on Dope Sick, which mm-hmm. is on Hulu. Hmm. Um, an amazing series and um, every every award that it's getting it fully deserves uh, it's an amazing experience um, the things that are on Amazon right now uh, The Shade Shepherd is still out mm-hmm. there uh, that was distributed by Lionsgate um, which is super cool yeah which is full circle for me I interned at Lionsgate uh, early on when I moved to New York and um, The Shade Shepherd uh, like I said and then Sandcastles is still out there on uh, Amazon. I think the next thing to come out is uh, a film that was actually shot here in Winston-Salem that premiered in the River Run Film Festival. Mm-hmm, the Desiring. The Desiring. 
Um, actually won some awards in Seattle for that. And then uh, there's a film called uh, Best Years Gone that mm-hmm. is a bit more of a comedic uh, Coen Brothers-esque film that was shot in Michigan during the pandemic. And, it's very uh, psychological too, from what I've picked up about it. Like yeah. the the role that I kind of, I've only seen the trailer so far. Like I was telling you earlier, but like I could kind of feel the archetype that you were kind of playing for that. I think that's going to be really good. I'm really excited to see that. Yeah, that I think that's going to be a fun film. Um, definitely like weird, dark humor, but also a lot of um, a lot of. Uh, it's very cerebral. Yeah, very cerebral as well. Um, but yeah, that should be released, I'm told, in the next few weeks. I think around, it might actually be next week. Beautiful. I think it's super Hell yeah. Fuck yeah. Well, again, Randy, I want to thank you so much for joining us today at Under the Floorboards. <laughs> Thanks for having me. Any clap, you. damn it. <laughs> we have a guest. We yes, clap for guests. <laughs> In all seriousness, thank you guys once again for joining us on Under the Floorboards. We will be having a very special 20-minute uh, interview available on our Patreon when this video drops. So come be a part of that. They start at $3, and that's where you really get all of our content. Everything else is just really special shit after that. So if you want to feel special, we have $15 and $666 available as well. So check us out at Under the Floorboard or uh, sorry, Patreon slash Under the Floorboards. So thank you guys one more time. I will say it once again, under the floorboards five where it creaks, it cracks, and we laugh at the creatures that go bump in the night.